No. What's your least favorite scary movie? Don't tell me that martyrdom is an invention of the religious. Welcome to What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the absurd in all our favorite and least favorite scary movies. Because we believe every horror movie rightfully has its fan base. Even if we don't always get it. My name is Travis. My name's Jesse. And today we are talking the new French extreme horror. Not really new anymore. Uh, that's what it was called. But we're talking French extreme horror movies today, and we're talking 2008's Martyrs. Yes, we are talking the uh, the original French, not the, I want to say 2013 American remake? Is it 2013, uh, 2015? I feel like it's more recent there. than that, actually. Yeah. Mm, no, I feel like it's not. <laughs> Martyrs 2015. 2015, okay. Suck it. Wow, that's crazy. I feel like that just came out. Yeah, I mean, we're old now, so that's how yeah. our lives are going to be forever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, announcements. So by the time this episode's up, my review of X will definitely be up. I previously would type up posts on my laptop and then share them via the WordPress app on my phone and the WordPress app on my phone said fully fuck your chicken strips and it just didn't wait I tried a dozen things and it just didn't want to it just don't want to publish the post so it should be up by now as well as as long as I manage my time a retrospective on our experience watching the Twilight Saga together. Yeah, because, yeah, that's been a fucking wild ride, and it's not fully horror, but it's it's horror adjacent enough, I It's guess. got vampires. The last movie does have a lot of beheadings, and not all of them are fake vision beheadings. Enough of them are. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, there's a couple of them are real. Absolutely no blood. <laughs> None. In a movie about vampires. Yeah, but they don't bleed, right? Whatever. Let's not. We're not getting into anyway, this anyway. now. Uh, just wanted to let you guys know to to be on the lookout for that. And uh, we'll go ahead and I'll put our social media here now. So our website obviously is what's your least favorite scary movie You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, least favorite scary movie podcast. You can find us on Twitter at least fave pod. Uh, those are great resources to stay up to date on our schedule, to have uh, an announcement of where you can watch horror movies, the ones that we're covering on the show. You can see what we're watching in our free time. You can participate in polls. Uh, sometimes I do stuff with uh, fake blood, have a lot of fun with that. And sometimes I do cosplays and sometimes we post movie stacks on top of our dog. Sometimes they're not on top of her, but sometimes they are. So yeah. Yep. So go check it out. Yeah, just go ahead and uh, follow us. Have fun with us. And now that I've plugged this, I don't have to plug it at the end. Okay, cool. Yay. Speaking of polls, we do have polls <laughs> from last week's movie, which was Halloween 3. So you came up with the idea for this week's yeah. poll. Do you want your face to be melted into a pile of buggies and snakies? Or would you rather be stabbed to death by whatever makeshift weapon Michael Myers finds nearby? I feel like this is essentially, do you prefer Halloween 3 or do you prefer Michael Myers? No, I mean, there's an element to how would you rather die. 
Yeah, that's true, I guess. But I feel like some people like approach Honestly, this with like, that mentality. As we're watching this, I think, and this is before I know the poll results, so I don't know if I'm against the majority or not. Yeah. I've had conversation with people on Twitter, but I haven't really looked at the poll itself. Uh, I think I would rather have the face melty thing because it seems like it would be quicker than getting stabbed because as we are re-watching all these Halloween movies, Michael is not a one and done. He, he is, is a lot of them. There's, but there have been several where he's just like, stab, stab, stab. Like we watched Resurrection last night and that one kid just like had three knives sticking out of him. Think about Halloween Kills, the lady with the light bulb. Like she just, <laughs> she gets the light bulb and then she gets every knife in their knife block. <laughs> That's the man that gets that. Oh, is it the man? She just gets. She's just watching on the floor the entire time. She gets killed too though, I think. Yeah, but she's not fully dead. We don't see how she like dies. We see her mm-hmm. get attacked, but. Yeah. You know, anyway, I'm just saying I don't like knives and I wouldn't want to be stabbed that many times and bleed out slowly. I feel like it would be easier to just have my brain disintegrated, which is how I feel on a typical week covering some of these movies for this podcast. Well, you are in the minority. Most people would prefer to be stabbed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Getting your face slash head melted, I don't think that that's going to be fun either. That's probably going to be incredibly painful. It's not like a, it's not a quick process and there are snakes and bugs crawling out of your head. That doesn't sound good. You know, just fucking stab me and get it over with. But as a world-renowned rock band Cage the Elephant once said, spiders in my head, spiders in my is it mind? Eyes? Brain? What is mind. it? Mine. Okay. Listen, he's got such an affectation when he sings. It could be any of those. They all fit if you say it the right way. What's your point? <laughs> Are oh, you I saying he's saying it's a good one. thing? It doesn't sound like it's a good thing in that song. I don't have a point. Okay. Well, that's that's <laughs> that. that. Most people prefer to be stabbed. So that's it for the poll okay. for last week. Let's, uh, okay. So <laughs> I know that we're talking about a fairly depressing movie today but you know what i promise i'm not gonna let this get into depressing territory when we're talking about this movie today this is gonna be a fun episode everybody i can't make those promises but i am jesse the professional buzzkill so well and i'm a professional at dealing with buzzkills so that's true yeah i know how to like handle this here so we're gonna have a good time everybody yeah it's gonna be great we're gonna talk about Fucking martyrs and um, existential crises. So pointless I, suffering. I know a lot of people approach the this movie and they just chalk it up as like a mindless uh, torture porn movie, and you know they're well within their right to think that. But I don't necessarily think that that's what we have here. It does touch on those, and it is a very it torture is definitely part of this, but I feel like there's more to it. Yeah, there's a greater story going on. Yeah. When I watch it, that's how I experience it anyway. Yeah, that's how I feel too. But, all right. But. This movie came out in 2008. Came out September 3rd, 2008. The cast. You guys are serious. Well, I'm going into. This is is serious time now, okay? okay? We're having fun, but we're also taking this seriously. Okay. All right. We work hard, we play hard. Yeah, straighten up. Okay. All right. Sorry. Just, yeah, be good. Oh, wait. Before we straighten up too much, 
I do need to let the people know that we watched this oh, on yeah. Daddy Shutter. Yes, we did. So be sure to go subscribe and uh, tell them we sent you so that way Daddy Shutter will be our daddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can. Yeah, it's been a while since I've gotten an audible sigh out of you with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to like avoid Shutter movies <laughs> going forward after this. Uh, you can also watch it on Tubi or YouTube TV, or you can rent it through YouTube Voodoo or Google Play. Yeah. And Shutter has like a bunch of the French extreme horror movies on there right now. For the time being, they said that they might be going away in April sometime. So watch them while you can <laughs> if you get a chance. So if you're listening to this uh, as it comes out on March 31st. <laughs> Get to watching. You have a month. Gauntlet yeah. of pain. Yeah, do it. I, I proposed that idea last night and you did not want to do it. <laughs> I said Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. We watched Twilight instead. Anyways, okay, so this movie starts... Okay, I've only got three people because the cast in this movie is very minimal. There's yeah. people in it, but nobody's really important except for maybe three people. Mostly two people. So, and I did... Look up the pronunciation of all these people's Yay. names. This is a French movie. These are French names. So I'm doing my best. So bear with me here. But we have Mojana Aloe. 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 I think it's how it Aloe. is. Aloe. She plays Anna. Anna. She also got this part last minute because the person that was supposed to play Anna originally backed out because she had a kid and she's like I don't want my kid to see me in this position because Anna gets the short end of the stick in this movie big yes. time yes we have Milana Milena Jempenoy Milena Jempenoy who plays Lucy who is what we think is going to be the main character in this movie yeah. And then we have Catherine Beijing who plays Mademoiselle. Okay. And she doesn't come into this movie until like the very end almost. So But she but is she essential. Is, she is. She's a big character for what's going on in this movie. So it was written and directed by Pascal Logier. Okay. And Jesse, do you think that this was budget or buck Ted? I I think it was budget. There's a lot of effects stuff going on. There's a lot of stunt work. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It's bug Ted. Really? Yeah. So it is 3.39 million pounds, which translates to $3.72 million. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for doing the conversion. I also want everybody to know that I'm looking at Travis's notes, and he really did write out phonetically how to pronounce these names. He is putting in the work. Yeah, I tried. Yeah. So. I, swear, I just want everybody to know that if we fuck up these names, because we have to talk about these characters, too. Like, if we fuck it up, we're trying. We know that like the, yeah. the real names of the characters are easy. Anna, Lucy, I think, Mademoiselle. I think we're putting in Americanized Anna, pronunciation. Anna, names. Lucy. Anna, Anna, Lucy. Kind of like what we did with uh, Tomas in... uh, Papi. Papi. (laughs) (laughs) In whatever that fucking... This is only our second French movie that we've covered here, guys. Okay. They have some great horror movies, so we have to talk about them. Uh, This movie only grossed 1.1 million, though. Wow. Yeah, very, very low. I'm I'm surprised it got a remake then. I think it's one that built up a cult following. Mm. Like, as it 
was released. It just word of mouth. Real quick, while you keep talking, I'm going to look up the American remake budget and gross. How about you just go ahead and do that? And because I'm going to go into like a thing here and I want you to be able to listen. Okay. And I don't want you distracted. What is this movie called? Murders. <laughs> I want it to be more more words than it is. Oh, shit. This movie, it's got Troy and Belisario in it. She's a pretty little liar. Just one of them. She plays Lucy. Okay. Budget of a million. Worldwide gross of 397000 That's all the the remake Ooh, made? Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't even know Troy and Belisario's in it. And I'm like at least tangentially familiar with who she is as an actress. That's crazy. Yeah. Let me see if there's any other names I recognize. Who's Mademoiselle? Do they have a mademoiselle in this? Do they call him something else? They have something called priest. I swear to God, if they replace mademoiselle with a with a man, I'm fucking pissed. Okay. Anyway, I've, obviously we've not seen the remake, so. Yeah. I didn't, it just didn't really interest me. I don't feel like it's a movie that needed remade. No. You know, like, you don't have to take every foreign movie and just, like, make it in English, you know? It just yeah. It's stupid. So whatever. This like, movie is perfectly managed, fine. As yeah, we managed to watch this with subtitles while taking notes on it without missing anything. It's it's a little bit more difficult. But, I mean, you yeah, know. you got to put a little bit more concentration. But if you're just watching it and not taking notes, it's fully, fully doable. Okay. Okay. So uh, Pascal Logier mm-hmm. made another movie that you and I are familiar with. Maybe others too. Remember that movie Incident in the Ghostland? Oh, yeah. yeah. That one was also really fucking depressing. Equally fucked up, right? What was his life? Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, before we get into all this, <laughs> I do want to address, this is something that I kind of want to do going forward with all movies, the tagline. Yeah. The okay, tagline okay. for this movie, okay. It's kind. It's pretty good. It's, uh, they haven't finished being alive yet. God, that sounds dark. It does, right? Martyrs. They haven't finished being alive yet. Dun, Fuck dun, yeah. Dun. Like that's that's gonna get me into the seat. It would get me into the seat, but I would also feel like I don't know, maybe there's more of like a supernatural element or something to it. Uh well, kinda, yeah. Because that. that's kind of how it like it gives me vibes of that. Okay. Okay. So he spent two years working on this movie. Okay. He made this movie while he was dealing with... He was very depressed. It was a dark time for him, he said. Um, Gee, that doesn't come through at all. It doesn't. No, not at all. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Big time. So he said that uh, the film is a personal projection to the darkness of our world. He wanted to take something... Uh, he wanted to take the worst of the human condition and turn it into a form of art and beauty. Okay. He said that horror was the perfect genre to tell the story because you can create emotion with the saddest and most depressing things on the planet. Cool. Um, I got a quote from him here about the horror genre that I wanted to read. I got a couple of quotes from him. Um, he says... Horror films should be a space of freedom, a territory for experimentation. But what happens is often the opposite. I was fed up with the formulaic movies that just copied the classics. I thought that the original meaning had been lost. The genre had become politically correct, as safe as any other genre, whereas its origin lies, in fact, in transgression. 
I tried to make an uncomfortable, unpredictable film. I don't know if I succeeded, but that was my intention. I'm going to say this, though. I don't feel like I would describe a lot of horror as politically correct. I feel like the more formulaic ones are the ones that are like, we're not fucking politically correct here. Like there's a lack of artistry in that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen any horror movies that have been like hampered by trying to be politically correct or anything. I don't don't know know if I've seen any that I would describe as politically correct. I don't know if I would either, actually. Uh, Maybe we're just not bringing them to the front of our minds because they wouldn't be anything that we would necessarily love. And <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if y'all can think of any, let us know. And I get where he's coming from, too. Like, in the fact that horror movies, like, d- especially during this time, this is 2008, it's definitely become very formulaic and not original. A lot of it is just building off of things everybody's done before, which is not necessarily bad, but I also get him wanting to try and put something different out. And I think the great irony of this is that this movie gets chalked up to be just another torture porn. Yeah, and he has I've got Which some thoughts. I know I know we'll have a lot of discussion about that too. Well I've but... got his thoughts on that too okay. here. I'm not gonna read it just yet, but um I'm getting to it here. Okay. So he said it was very difficult to spend two years working on this movie. It was a very dark place for him to be during that the only thing that kept him going was the relationship of the characters that he had for Anna and Lucy. Uh, he says, uh, what gave me the strength to tell this story to spend two years of my life in such a dark world was the love story between Anna and Lucy. It was what connected me viscerally to the film. It's a love that is not shared. Anna loves Lucy unconditionally and this love, this love, this, this love, <laughs> and this love will kill her. That's something very real that we all experience, to fall in love with the wrong person, the one who, without consciously wanting to, will destroy you. Just because they are what they are, Anna loves in absolute manner, and in that sense, she is a sort of modern saint. She gives all of herself, and she will pay very dearly. The world and its trivial reality are fatal to people like her. Very dark, dude. Yeah. You can tell that something bad happened to him. And he's like, I got to write a fucking movie right now because this pain is killing me and I got to get it out there. And, you know, it's kind of fucked up. I mean, that's kind of what happens in this movie. Like uh, her love definitely does kill her in this. Yeah. Uh, So you're talking about how people chalk this up as just gore Mm -hmm. butchered whatever he says um he's saddened by that reaction to it that's just like a butchery display of gore and guts uh he never wanted to discuss people he actually claims that this is a very reserved film he says that he wanted to plunge people into a state of melancholy melancholy that he was in at the time of making this he says uh people were angry they insulted him and then some people were very warm to him uh but he thinks that uh Martyrs forces people to take a strong stand. It says horror shouldn't be unifying. It must divide, shock, make cracks in the certainties of the audience and their propensity to a certain conformity. All right. So very dark. I, I like that he thinks that this is a reserved film, though. I will say this, though, because this is our second time watching it. Yeah. And I remembered it being a lot more gratuitous. I did too, actually. 
it, then I was kind of surprised because I feel like I just remember a much longer montage of her getting the shit beat out of her by that Which one guy. Which that happens a lot. It, it happens does ha- several it, times. It does happen several times, but I remember it being like just way more. Like I was surprised um, when we had to pause the movie. I think it was close to an hour in and she had only just been captured really. I was kind of shocked because I was like, I really thought remembered a lot more of this movie happening with her trapped down in the basement yeah and it i think it is kind of a shame because a lot of the nuance of the movie does get lost when talking about it because people they focus on the back half yeah they focus on that final act and they miss all of the story leading up to it which i feel like is just as it it is the point of martyrs the first half of this movie is my favorite it's so good yeah it's it's, such a fucking good movie yeah um you know okay that's all i have for that um i don't have any like there's not a lot of trivia out there that that was like all from an interview that i had from him there was one little thing uh i think it's kind of funny because you uh before this you like walked in on me watching Hostel out there and <laughs> I read I couldn't verify but I read that he was inspired by Hostel but he wanted to make a movie about pain rather than suffering that doesn't really line up with what we just saw here though with his comments I don't really get that I think the point is that so I guess suffering is To use the language of the movie, suffering is part of being a victim, whereas pain and moving past it and beyond it is part of martyrdom. Yeah. So I can kind of see where that nuance is there. Okay. Sorry if I've said nuance like 10 times already this episode. I think it's just like Sesame Street word of the day. This (laughs) podcast has been brought to you by. It's like Ink Master. That's the theme. Yeah. (laughs) Today's challenge is nuance. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, um, so yeah, other than that, that's all I got for it. What do you think of this movie? I, oh man, I'm trying to figure out where I want to talk about the way I interpret a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be like a lot of you working through your like processing as we talk about it? Probably. Okay. Like. I'm probably going to be doing that too. Yeah, it. Like I said, I had remembered like the actual torture stages for Anna being much more drawn out and much more graphic. And I think that shows that like those scenes were effectively done, that they stick with you so much. But there's so much more surrounding all of that that does tend to get forgotten in discussion. And I think that is ultimately so vital and i've talked about this before and i know i'm going to talk about it again i will always be a defender of the so-called torture porn subgenre Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of horror is about hmm, trying to think of the right way to put it a lot of it is about those deepest darkest nastiest crevices within ourselves within society i think a lot of it is just kind of indulgent is how i would describe the horror movies i like the most and whether that's indulgent in psychological pain physical pain 
like mean-spiritedness. I think that's a big part for me as a horror fan is looking at those things that are taboo in society head on and having to kind of confront the reaction I have to those within myself. Yeah. And I think when it comes to the torture porn subgenre, movies like this that have something to say beyond it kind of get forgotten just because people see the torture aspects and they don't see everything that goes into it. You know, it, and I'm going to bring this up because this is a movie that I love, but I will fully admit doesn't tell much of a story. And that would be Vile, which is torture porn. They wanted to have a movie where people were fucking each other up and they put like two happy hour beers each in like worth of effort into it. You know what I mean? Like they went to dinner. They're like, okay, what kind of a story can we put together to get these people into this room? <laughs> no, I can, they're like, look, we want to make a movie with torture. Okay. Are you guys cool with that? Like, I don't know. We got so many of those. Hold on. We have beast boy attached. Yes. <laughs> okay. We'll give you the funding for it then. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and that's one of those that like, again, that one is purely like, it's like when we watch skateboarding fail videos. You cringe, it hurts, it's awful, you can't look away. It's like jackass. Yeah, exactly. Without the humor, um, except for the fact that it's fucking Beast Boy and he sounds like Beast Boy. <laughs> yeah. With yeah, it's all kind of looking at suffering. Yeah. But like like I said, that is one that I you know, it's just it's there. You know what I mean? It, it's, a, it's a lot of intentional pain and suffering on camera. This movie has that, but it also has something to say about it that I think is important to talk about. And I'm going to say the same thing for a lot of the Saw movies. Yeah. Not even just the early ones. Saw 6, I Will Die on That Hill, one of the best in the franchise. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, yeah, Saw 6 is so fucking good, dude. I know, well, there are some people who say it's not. Well, those people are clearly wrong. Um, but yeah like I mean those movies even ask like you know what what would you do to survive what does life mean to you and it's all under a very twisted like more of a lot like you can have a whole lot of discussion about it so I think this is one of those movies that we're gonna have a lot of discussion as we go through about the nature of pain and the human condition and society's expectations of people who go through traumatic events um because that's really and hearing that he was going through some shit when he wrote and directed this kind of makes me feel like my own interpretations may be closer to what he was intending than yeah I, I just assumed I, I'm always projecting my own trauma onto shit. So I was just like, oh, there's me being Jesse again. Um, but like to hear that he was like going through it and I was like, oh, OK, maybe maybe we got a soul bond going on. OK, so what do you rate this? I'm going to rate it. I'm going to rate it a seven and a half. OK, I think it's really good. I do wish there were some parts that were fleshed out a little bit more than others. Mm -hmm. So 
But I think seven and a half, I think that's pretty good. That's a good rating. That's, that's a, a good rating. rating, yeah, man. Like seven is good, okay? People get way too weird about out of ten ratings. Like they think five means bad movie. Five is no, perfectly fine. Yeah, five is five is a movie. Exactly. It's a good movie. It's a movie I didn't hate. So Okay. I agree with you. I think that this is a good movie. And I also think that this movie is one that maybe okay, we only watched this for the second time last night. Yeah. This is almost like Another thing with last week's movie, Halloween 3, where we watched it once. We both liked it. And now we're revisiting it. And, you know, we both were of the thought that this was like a really, really fucked up movie. And it is really fucked up. But like you said, it's not not as bad as I thought, as I remembered. And I think a lot of people spread this online and it's just become like common knowledge that oh martyrs that's a fucking brutal movie it's so fucking gory like it's just kind of to be fair we did tell everybody that it's we brutal did. but well, we didn't we necessarily were... what kind of brutal but and it is and it's a dark movie it's a heavy movie and that's all true but like i think that we were also caught up on like yeah we were caught up in that yeah as definitely. everybody else is it's not that bad i feel like everybody can watch this movie and not you know no, I think issues. it's heavy. I think it's heavy. It's I heavy. Yeah, I'm still, not saying it's not. And I mean, this is a movie. It talks a lot about like childhood abuse is a big part of it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's okay. not heavy. I said like yeah. exactly before that that it's a heavy movie, but it's not as like gruesome as everybody thinks it is because a lot of that stuff is in the back half of this movie, and a lot of that stuff is very much dialed back except for the very very final thing. It, it's it's the Texas Chainsaw effect. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, like everybody just remembers that. I know we talk about that all the time, but like it is something that you hear all the time as people talk about how brutal Texas Chainsaw, like how gory it is, and it isn't. Having said that, I do think that it's kind of like what you said. It's torture porn, but it does like it's not torture for the sake of shock, which I feel like most of the time that's what they go for with that. Like you want to make a horror movie, you want to like shock people, upset them, and that's that. I don't think that this movie's going for it. It has it has a message, and you can agree with it, or you can think it's a good message or not. But it at least has something there to it. And uh, I don't know. I think that it's 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 an enjoyable movie. It's got a strong group of characters it's you know i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this i i just i i like it i mean it's hard to say because you've kind of said a lot of the things i was gonna say so i like it a lot uh but i don't know if i think it's like an amazing movie so i think i'm gonna give it a seven okay so we're starting off with an average of 7.25 which i think is favorable okay so we start off a what I assume to be a young woman, but we find out is probably like somewhere between a 10 and 15 year old girl later on uh, is half naked, bleeding, limping, running out of what looks to be a abandoned factory. Yeah. A abandoned factory. Oh, asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looks like the place where all of those Nightmare on Elm Street flashbacks mm. take place where Freddy's. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This is like secretly a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> bitch! <laughs> uh, we then 
cut to what looks like a documentary type of deal. Yeah, I thought it was a documentary at first, but I think it's just like a... crime investigation No, I think it's all made by the hospital. Like, it's they're produced by them. I think that it's like a case on this one subject, like their patient, because she's she has such like a unique, uh, I don't know, like situation that they're trying to keep track of her and take notes so they're basically following her around the hospital recording her almost all of the time you get shots of her sitting in there like where kids are playing she's out like in the corner by a window just staring out you see a kid walk up to her trying to play and she just pushes him away she does not want anything to do with anybody yeah the doctor on screen says that lucy was kept in this room we see like a chair with a hole in it that was how she was able to relieve herself there was a stained mattress on the floor and there were bolts clearly meant for chains they do say that there was no nothing sexually done which is kind of weird with the mattress but i mean I guess I, a place for her to sleep, at least, maybe. I I didn't even know if they even cared that much. The whole thing mm. is, like, for suffering. Like, yeah. you know, if they want her to suffer, like, have her sleep in a chair on cement. But we do see her start to form a friendship with another girl in this facility. And I don't know if this is, like, like a boarding school type situation, a hospital type situation, a like orphanage. orphanage. Yeah. Because we know that Anna's mother is still alive. Yeah, but we also we see... We get implication that she was abusive and Anna did not live with her for most of her life. Yeah, and we also get, like, we see them talking to Anna. And mm-hmm. they're basically using her as a way to get to Lucy. Lucy is the girl, by the way, that was mm-hmm. that was saved, like, escaped the warehouse and yeah, Anna is this person that has made a friendship with her, but I couldn't tell if the thing was if she if they forced this friendship or if they noticed that she made that connection and then took her and was like, okay, can you please like relay information to us? I think they noticed and were talking to her about it. Okay, because like when they ask Anna if she knows any if Lucy ever talks to her about this, she said she won't really say much, but she just wants whoever did this to not exist anymore basically and she says that she can't necessarily remember everything that happened yeah uh while she's in there talking to them um somebody pops in and says that lucy didn't show up for lunch so anna runs up to their room and finds her in their bathtub bleeding and cut and she's she was saying it wasn't her and what we find out that night is that she seems to be followed by some other person, um, very malnourished, very cut up, mouth sewn shut. It's like a, it's almost like a monster, like a ghost. Like if I were to be watching, like if this were like some kind of Asian horror film, I would think it's like some kind of yeah ghost or something it is, I get, in a way get that vibe. in a way she is a ghost yeah kind of i mean in uh, not really a, not in the sense of what you would normally expect from a ghost in a horror movie but yeah and you're just like getting like silhouettes of this person too you don't really get to see who it is yeah and we see we see the the ghost or creature or person or whatever language we want to use to describe it um attack lucy that night and then it cuts to 15 years later we Hear a girl running 
through her house, screaming. She gets tackled. This fucking scene. <laughs> and has her brother. You know, they they knew what they were doing here. And it's so fucked up. They're like, yeah, we know that you guys know that this is going to be a fucked up movie. So it starts off with her running down the hallway. She's just screaming. She's really selling it, too. Like, this is a horror movie. And, like, a man tackles her down to the ground and is on top of her. I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck is about to happen? And they're like, oh, hey, it's just brother and sister. And she stole his note. He was, like, writing a note to somebody, like a girlfriend girlfriend, or something. yeah. Yeah. They knew what they were doing there. It was... So they all have family breakfast together. We see that the the daughter is a swim champion. There's a clip from the newspaper magneted to their fridge. Is that a word? Magneted? No, I don't think so. It is now. Magneted. How is that better than what I said? (laughs) Magneted. The use of (laughs) magnetoids. Sounds like a Reikiism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the family is eating. The mom is just so fucking shitty to the whole family okay. is shitty to this eighteen-year-old French man with Justin Bieber hair. Okay, hold up. Okay, so at first it's basically the the son, the daughter, and the dad, and they're there having breakfast. I'm assuming this is like right before school or something. Um, and yeah, they're shitting on him for being bad at school and wanting to go to another school. Then the mom, we see her out in the yard. She's messing with the plumbing. Yeah. She digs something up. She walks into the kitchen and they're in the middle of eating breakfast and she plumps a dead fucking rat on the table. It's a mouse. A mouse. And and she's just laughing at it. She's like, hey, look at this shit. This was in her sewage system. This is why our toilet wasn't flushing. (laughs) a dead sewer mouse enjoy your breakfast hey yeah look at this guys get a lot of this <laughs> like in the middle of breakfast and everybody's like oh ha 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 this is so funny is this like <laughs> nobody seems to like maybe this is the sign that this is a fucked up yeah, family this is right how here you know they're sociopaths yeah and were they drinking milk oh god i didn't even pay attention you, we need a review on oh, that right there oh my god Hold on, I'm going to pull up IMDb and see if there are any still shots. (laughs) Trivia, they did, in fact, drink milk during the breakfast scene. The milk theory. Oh, God. But yeah, so like the whole time that they're talking at breakfast, they're just giving the son shit. They're talking about like how they had to pay so much money for him to go to prep school because he almost didn't graduate. And then, you know, he needs to be a lawyer because it's the only way for him to have a good life and he's stupid and wants to be a pastry chef and like like he's just like he looks like he's gonna cry yeah and they're making fun of his girlfriend and like i just i feel bad like by the time the doorbell rings and Lacey comes and blows them all to hell i'm like thank god that okay that's really underselling what's happening here okay yeah so okay do you i'm to the photos let me see if oh that's just blood uh, I can't tell from this picture. Yes, see. yes, there's a decanter of milk. Okay, so they have a decanter of milk. So, okay. No. <laughs> Not only are they drinking milk, but these motherfuckers put it in a decanter. Yeah, yeah so that That's really That's where shows your whiskey you. goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so after all of that shitting and drinking milk, uh, all that shitting and drinking milk. <laughs> After shitting on that guy and (laughs) drinking milk. (laughs) See, I told you we'd have fun during this movie. (laughs) 
Okay. There's a ring on the doorbell. The dad's like, all right, I'll go get it. And he walks to the door, opens the door. Boom! boom! Shotgun to the chest. This is so fucking cool. I audibly went, oh, shit, because I forgot about this. Uh, Real quick, pause. Or go ahead like 15 seconds if you haven't watched X. Uh, because we're about to give a spoiler, but it's like the scene when uh, fucking Jenna Ortega's character runs out of the house at the end of X, and the uh, she tries to. Uh, the, no. How about just say whenever the old woman shoots the shotgun? Yeah, whenever the old woman shoots the shotgun, it gets thrown back. Yeah, none of us expected that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. but this one right here is like really fucking cool. I like, guess brutal. Yeah. He just gets shot in the chest, and then that's it. She walks in there, and she sees the daughter, and then. She blows her away. Wait, no. No, no, she, the mom. The mom. She shoots the mom. She makes the son sit down and she said, do you know what your parents did? Do you know what they did? How old are you? He's like, what? 18? Which, that's fucking chilling because that means that he like was a whole ass toddler when they had her chained up. (laughs) It's also like, how old are you? 18. Wrong. (laughs) And she just blows him away too. Right in the chest. See, he wouldn't have been a good lawyer anyway. No, I mean, that one right there was the test. Like that, <laughs> The family, like... Man, the bar exam has gotten really intense. Then, like, the family, like, they hadn't been shot all along. They just, like, the dad stands up and says, See, this is why you're not going to be a fucking good lawyer. This is why you can't go to school. This is why mom doesn't fucking love you. <laughs> it's all a test for him. Uh, but, no, he actually dies. And then she chases the daughter and shoots the daughter. Oh, no, she... Yeah, so this is really cool. So she thinks that the daughter is under the bed. So what she does is she gets on the bed, shoots down through the mattress. Must be a really good mattress because it doesn't... The bullet doesn't make it all the way through. Which so, is weird because like I, you see blood, but then you don't see the girl shot. She's not bleeding anywhere. So I don't know. It doesn't matter because she starts to run down the hall. Lucy chases her and shoots her. So we're like 15 minutes in this movie and we've already had that shit happen. So she blows away all those people. Then we get a shot of Anna who is in her car anxiously eating a sandwich. And Me she's every lunch. <laughs> yeah, she's right next to a payphone and she's waiting for it to ring. Lucy calls from the house to the payphone. Um, Anna is like, okay, where where are you? What What's happened? And she's like, what did you do? She's like, have you confirmed that it's them? And Lucy's like, oh, well, yeah, it's them. And she's like, okay, cool. So what's the game plan? And she's like, well... And Anna's like, you can't just know. Like, you just saw their picture in the newspaper. You have to confirm. She's like, it's them. It's them. They're all dead. (laughs) So Anna's like, what's the address? You kind of get the sense that she's been doing this. Like, because we saw when they were at whatever that place was as children, like, we saw her very much taking care of Lucy. Yeah. And you kind of get the sense that that dynamic and their relationship has stayed constant for the past 15 years. Yeah, it's that's incredible too that they've had that because that's knowing what all like Lucy's gone through like that's like do you think that this entire time for the whole fifteen years they've been tracking these people down or do you think that they just like saw that in the newspaper like holy shit that's them I think Lucy's been trying to to track them down yeah especially when we find out later that you know the ghost creature yeah and whatever right okay. Uh, but yeah, I there. 
it's a very codependent relationship. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not super healthy for either of them. But at the same time, you have to admire people sticking together through their trauma. Like, because that's a, it's hard. It's hard to be with somebody who has trauma. And it's hard to be with somebody when you yourself have trauma. Yeah. So. Neither of them is doing healthy things right now, though. No, she is. Well, I wouldn't say that she's encouraging it because she did not know that the game. She is fully enabling it, though, because she goes to help clean up. the. She is enabling it. Yeah. So, okay, Lucy is just kind of hanging out at the house. She's just, you know, chilling. And then all of a sudden she hears somebody walk in through the front door. She goes and looks around the corner and she sees the monster slash person thing. From the beginning of the film. Monster slash person. Yeah. And she sees her. Freaks out. They. This leads to like a whole scuffle where it's like a chase. And uh, basically she's attacked. She She runs outside the house. Stabbed a lot in her back. Holy shit. Yeah. She gets fucked up. I forgot to. Yeah. Talk about that. But yeah. So the. This thing is like. It just constantly attacks her and is cutting her up with like a shard of glass or something or a knife it's like a knife yeah and uh i think it's a box cutter we see a box cutter a lot and we also yeah. see like a straight razor okay yeah okay. So it's, I, think I think it's right. one of those so Lucy escapes runs outside and runs into anna and anna is like okay i'm gonna go inside and investigate and see what happens Lucy's very adamant that there's still that thing in there yeah she says she's there that's yeah. the exact language she uses she's there but Anna does so, not seem Yeah, but Anna really seems to know who Lucy's talking about without fully thinking that she's a concern. Yeah. Whoever she is. Um she sees all the dead bodies and she cries and she has a moment because it's really fucked up. Uh she hears Lucy comes in and she like locks herself in the bathroom to give herself a minute to calm down and compose herself. In order to not make Lucy feel like Anna is shaming her, even if she doesn't agree with what she did. Yeah. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Yeah. She doesn't want her to feel, yeah, like she's being judged or like yeah. thought bad. Yeah. Thought badly of. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, this is a very codependent relationship. She is terrified that Lucy will leave her, but she's also having to sacrifice so much of her own health and sanity for lucy's sake like yeah yeah so anna stitches lucy up she cleans up the scene they cry together after they pull all the so here's what gets me they bring all of the bodies into the bathroom they cry for a minute anna kisses lucy and lucy's like whoa 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 (laughs) so anna has her go sleep in the daughter's bedroom (laughs) and lucy wakes up and peeks outside and it's raining and she's watching anna carry the bodies out to the hole where the septic tank was yeah and this is what i don't understand why did they move them all into the bathroom and then now they're moving them to the to the hole in the yard i don't know like i get that they can't move the bodies during the day outside why it seems like a secluded area i don't know maybe they're just you know precaution Although, if they were going to be really cautious, they would get out of the fucking scene of the crime. If they were going to be cautious, they wouldn't walk into a fucking house and bore the whole family to bits. 
You know, like they threw that away a long yeah, time ago. Shades of gray, Travis. So, yeah. And also she's watching Anna clean up her mess. And then she just like stares Go. from the window, doesn't do anything. She doesn't no, help. she goes back to bed. Yeah, exactly. She's like, all right, thank you. Good. And then goes back to bed. Anna goes back to the bathroom. It's like whenever Talia has an accident in the house. And she sees me cleaning it up, and she's like, so I'm going to go lay on the bed. And then I don't yeah. let her lay on our bed, and then she's like, you were being <laughs> cruel to me. And I'm like, you don't get to lay on the bed while I'm cleaning up your poop. Yeah, looking so sad about it, too. <laughs> I want you to feel bad for being mad at her. It works, though, every time. And it goes back to the bathroom <laughs> to get the rest of the bodies. But holy shit, the mom is not dead. The mom is still alive. How the hell is this woman I still alive? I legitimately thought that... Anna was just seeing things at first. I and did too. The longer it went on, the more I was like, "Oh, I guess she actually really did survive a shotgun blast." It's been like belly. twelve hours, uh, excessive amounts of blood loss, and yeah, she's still alive. So I, yeah, I'm. I'm calling bullshit on this. Yeah, it's a shotgun blast. Like it's almost point blank to the chest. Yeah, like she was, you know, not that far away. Yeah. I I I don't buy it, but. Whatever, we have to have that tension there yeah. between them. We have to give them a little bit more conflict. So what happens is um, Lucy hears the commotion in the bathroom. And Anna, like, tells the woman, like, be quiet. Like, just be quiet. And when Lucy comes in, um, she sees that Anna has been crying and she's like, why are you so upset? You know what they did to me. You know what they did to me. And she grabs a woman's hand. She's like, do you smell this? This is what I had to smell every day when she came in to feed me. I wonder what her hand smelled like. Death? Like a sewage rat. You think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like she like, I don't know, stuck her hand down her pants and then fed her. No, like, you know, just like get all these bad smells here. <laughs> now eat. Uh, eat your booty borscht. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... You know, they have this whole moment and Anna's like, the power starts to flicker as Anna is bringing the girl out to the hole. She hears a crash and a scream inside. She gets in there. Lucy's locked in the bathroom with the creature, woman, ghost, whatever. And uh, Anna breaks down the door. They hide in the bedroom. And Lucy's just kind of like, I killed them. What do you want? So you kind of get the impression that this creature ghost woman is kind of pressuring Lucy to do this. Yeah. Um, the power flickers. There's another flashback to Lucy's escape 15 years ago. Uh, the woman, the mom in the house, she is in there feeding her, slapping her, and she like pulls her up from the chair and unchains her, and she's getting ready to move her, except she trips over one of the bolts in the floor it fucks her foot up, so Lucy runs away. But as she's escaping, she hears crying and, like, kind of a muffled scream. And she sees a girl in another room with her mouth sewn shut. And she leaves her, which I can only imagine how much of a burden that's been on her in all these years. Like, the amount of guilt, but also, like... You know, you have to put on your own oxygen mask first, right? Like, yeah, and no sense in them both being trapped again. Yeah, there's like a sense of urgency. You like having at least one person there to be able to 
like at least notify people. Yeah, and I mean, clearly, clearly she did tell them where she ran from because we saw that film at the beginning where they were in the abandoned warehouse. Yeah, and they left everything behind too. Like, yeah. except ugh, I don't think they left the person behind. Like they got everything else, like all the things that they needed, and left. But yeah, so yeah, she she's dealing with trauma with that there. Yeah, so. Anna takes Lucy back to the room, lays her back down, and then she locks the bedroom door. And she helps the woman out of the bathroom. Her name's Gabrielle. Um, and Anna's like, she's got no love for this woman, but she also doesn't really condone murder. So she's like, look, I will take you to the edge of the woods. So she, I don't think she, she has her doubts that this is actually yeah who no she, she's Lucy got claims. yeah she's got doubts but she's also got doubts that the woman's innocent yeah like she's very much on the fence doesn't know what to believe but she just knows that without that like concrete evidence she doesn't want to participate in murder right so she's like i will take you to the edge of the woods that's all i can do except as they're trying to get out they hear a window crash presumably lucy broke through a window so that way she could come get them and she does she tackles the woman and bludgeons her head into a teeny tiny little paste with a fucking hammer yes yeah it's brutal yeah it's pretty rough and then once she's done she is uh crying and screaming at anna saying anna never believed her and that it's over between them and then she sees the girl creature woman whatever there and she tells her that they're dead and then the girl takes a box cutter and cuts lucy's wrist except then we see this from anna's perspective and it's lucy doing it to herself yeah and it's a bad cut like she takes it from all the way to the top mm-hmm. of her arm and then just slices it all the way down to her wrist and yeah. like you see it all too it's yeah it's crazy she does it to both wrists and then she's like beating her head against the wall and again we're getting this like cut scene so we're seeing anna watch lucy do all of this to herself but from lucy's perspective it's the ghost of the girl she couldn't save yeah doing it to her and you can tell that she's not just been living with the trauma of what happened to her but she's also been living with that guilt this whole time and it's just fucking awful and bleak and if the movie ended here it would still be dark like oh my god yeah <laughs> this movie could have ended here and like, i don't think any bummer yeah. yeah yeah and then uh anna's trying to crawl to lucy except lucy throws herself through another window into the rain stands up and slits her own throat as anna watches yep so you know that's a lot. Yeah. So everybody there is dead now except for Anna. Yeah. So what does Anna do? She goes back into the house and goes to sleep. As you do. I don't think she had any more in her that night. Probably not. Um, so we see her. Her shirt is basically... She was wearing like a white tank top before. And now it looks like it's a tie-dyed shirt. Yeah. It's like she's dealt with a lot. There's a lot of blood in this house. Like everywhere you look in this house as she's walking throughout, there's just blood on the walls, just all kinds of shit. Yeah, I'm a little bit suspicious about how wet the blood continues to look as this movie goes on. It doesn't dry. Yeah, some of it should be dried by now. Some of it should be turning more brown. Yeah, like you're right. This is what I talk about when I talk about bad fake blood is like the color and consistency and drying and stuff of it. And it's hard to recreate that in a 
you know, synthetic blood. It's hard to recreate it exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those things that just kind of gets to me. So anyways, she wakes up the next morning and... She brings Lucy in and she, she, she cleans her and wraps her up. And she calls her mom. And she calls her mom. And her mom is a fucking bitch. Yeah. She's like, oh, I haven't heard from you in two years and now suddenly I hear from you. What do you want? You want to make me feel bad? You want me to feel so bad for everything that I did to you? I get it. I'm a horrible person. Are you still with her? You're still with that bitch slut skank? Like, it is awful so with context clues we get that anna's been through her own shit too and a lot of it probably has to do with her parental situation yeah except she can't take the time to continue this conversation with her mom because she hears the hammer that had been sitting on a shelf fall and she was like that's weird because it was you know on a shelf up against a wall how'd that happen so she sets the phone down um she went to the Tom Atkins school of dealing with people you don't want to talk to, where she just puts the phone down <laughs> and doesn't listen to. Yeah. Women, am I right? <laughs> That's basically what her mom was saying to yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes and she sees that there's like a panel missing from the back of the shelf. And it's revealed it's a secret entrance, which is really cool. I would love a secret entrance. Uh, not one that leads to a murder tunnel. No. But, you know, other than that, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And she opens up the cabinet underneath and she, like, goes down there. And this is where Talia, like, started acting really agitated because she was like, you don't do shit like this. And I was like, I know, you don't go into your dead lover's abusive captive secret tunnel in the bottom of their murder house. Like, you don't do that. Everybody knows that. You don't know that that's what's happening here. Yeah, but every, like... Generally, if you are in a crime scene with somebody, you you know, there's dead bodies all around and you find a secret tunnel that looks very professionally done, like that screams bad news. You know what you do? You just get out of there the next morning. You don't like call your mom. Like what the fuck? If If you are feeling that you need to talk to somebody like that, get out of there first and call from somewhere else now they have a record that you called that number so you are associated with it now yeah uh i mean they probably may have figured it out maybe they par- they might have just stopped like oh the connection between these two you know uh like lucy and uh the killers there or the family like and just left it at that yeah but now she's definitely got it there she should i mean she should have just left but no she sees that she gets curious and she goes down into the basement and it's like a very nice, like well constructed. It's like a secret lab down there, almost. It's like all chrome, and there's pictures of all these people on the wall. Like they are like museum display level because they are framed with lights, and it's all of these various like people that look like they should be dead, but you see their eyes are open and focused somewhere, not on anything around them. It's they're all very haunting. Yeah, they're they're really disturbing pictures. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, this is uh, this is fucked up. I'm gonna continue to explore." And she gets into a room and she sees the same chair that we saw from Lucy's flashbacks, or a similar chair, probably not the exact same chair. 
and she sees a chain on the floor and she oh, follows wait. the chain. This is all down further. Yeah. So yeah, she like went a, through a trap door that was in the basement. So it's yeah. Down a ladder. Yeah. And she's down deeper in the tunnel. And she finds a woman who's got this contraption stapled to her head and like um like basically what looks like a chastity belt on her because it's like a metal underwear almost. And it looks like barbed wire around her and torso. Barbed too. wire around her torso. Yeah, in the dark. Yeah. Which I mean, why why bother with the dark if you've got metal like over her eyes? Ah, uh, like I mean, you might still be able to get some light from I that. Yes, I was fully expecting her eyes to be gone when Anna pulled this thing off of her, though. They're going like fully sensory deprivation here. Yeah, well, except for pain. Except for pain, yeah, that's the only sense that you're allowed to experience here. Yeah, so Anna gets this woman upstairs. And she's just covered in like new cuts and what are clearly healed cuts and like her skin looks nasty. Yeah, she's like mal. Yeah, she's completely malnourished. Like she's just and Anna's basically like she pulls out her little emergency kit and she realizes there's nothing she can do for all of that. So she's just trying to be as compassionate as she can and she Takes the woman, puts her into a tub. Oh my god! Can you match? Okay, so she reacts to the tub because I think she, she thinks something bad's happening. She fully reacts as if she thinks that something bad is about to happen to her because of water. They must have done something related mm-hmm. to water in the past to her, where they mm-hmm. may have like. Yeah, I completely got that sense too. As soon as she got in the water, she panicked. Yeah, but what I'm thinking is like with all of those open wounds, like you got to imagine like hot water has to fucking hurt. Yeah, I mean, anything is going to hurt at this point. But I mean, got to do something to clean it. And like the first thing you have to do in cleaning a wound, you can't just go straight to like antiseptic or whatever. Like you have to get the dirt away from it. And like like the the water immediately gets nasty. Yeah. Like it's not blood because she's not bleeding. It's just all that dirt and just. Yeah, you could tell there was like a layer of like grime on her skin and not necessarily like dirt but like you can just tell like it's a buildup of like dead skin cells or something yeah so i was really impressed with those effects um i i get a little bit less impressed with the effects later on really (laughs) but yeah and i'll talk about it when i get there okay because i feel like all the effects in this are impressive it's not not necessarily bad it's just i guess where i just like play around with that stuff and like there's little things that i noticed Okay. Not calling myself <clears throat> a, a professional. professional by any means, but it is things <laughs> that you like look for. You if know? I were to do martyrs, boy, <laughs> I I wouldn't. I wouldn't be yeah, this I wouldn't good. Do martyrs, I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm. I'm not gonna say I'm that good. I'm just saying. So what they do, Anna takes like a screwdriver or something and starts getting yeah, the staples out from the like the contraption on the top of her head, and she like blood's coming out as she's doing it. And then eventually as she gets enough of them out, she takes it and rips it off of her face. And along with it comes a lot of skin. And what I think happened here, it had been on her so long that the skin started to like yeah. attach, you know, because you see things like that with people. Mm-hmm. Like if people stay in one place for too long, their skin just kind of like forms to that object. Like, yeah, like that's um, I love to read the gross ask Reddit threads about like doctors and nurses. What's the worst thing you've seen? And one thing they talk about a lot is like um, people with diabetes that don't necessarily take good care of themselves. They'll come in with foot pain, but like they won't have necessarily changed their socks very often. And then when they pull the socks off, like 
skin comes off with it. And... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking more of, like, people that, like, sit on, like, a chair for too long. Like, some, like, you know, people who are, like, incredibly overweight and they can't walk. Oof. Yeah. Anyways, that's not what happened here. She just had something bolted to her face for too yeah, long. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> out of her control entirely. But, yeah, it's gnarly. She freaks out, but then she takes, uh, Anna grabs a towel, wraps it around her face, and, you know, she, like, grabs, like, the lady grabs well, her. I and, also like, feel like it, like, there's the pain involved with that, but I also think that, like, the light is probably oh god yeah way too intense for her. I'm like, pull the blinds! Pull the blinds, Anna! Yeah, and it was the right move to, like, immediately grab a towel yeah. and just wrap her face around. You kind of have to, like, ease her into it. Yeah. So she just leaves this woman unsupervised in a tub of water. Um, She's like, I need a nap. <laughs> so she goes to the couch and takes a nap. Yeah. Uh, she wakes up hearing a commotion upstairs, and the woman is up there cutting her wrist. And Anna tries to stop her. She tries to get the knife from her, but the woman is like, completely inconsolable she's like rubbing up against the wall rubbing her face trying to cut at her skin and all of a sudden she gets shot and we see a group of people come in and they take anna downstairs and handcuff her to the wall yeah but they're asking like okay who did all this and she gives them the name lucy and they're like oh they seem to know who that is yeah lucy jiren uh jiren yeah yeah yeah. well and i know that's her name i'm just asking it yeah no you, it you said it right yes <laughs> yeah so we kind of see them burying the bodies cleaning up the house a lot better than anna was doing oh god yeah uh, well they <laughs> seem granted, to be there's used more to people this. involved too yeah they've probably done this a time or two yeah and then this woman comes in and we know her as mademoiselle she says that uh she's impressed that after 15 years lucy jaren managed to track the family down she said, of course, they were less organized back in the day, so she's not entirely surprised that somebody escaped, but they have gotten a lot more organized and figured things out a little bit more by now. Um, you know, they came to check out the house because they'd been trying to call the the Bedfords, Belfords. Yeah, for like, what was it? A few hours. No, it was like for days because she had had the, well, for when she had the phone off the hook for yeah. when she discovered the woman, but like. They haven't been able to reach them for a while. So, yeah. yeah, they came over to investigate. Yeah. And then she pulls out this book that has the same pictures that are, you know, on the wall right next to them. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like showing her dedication. She's like, look, I carry these with me everywhere I go. Yeah. And she's like telling the story of all of them. And she's like, look at their eyes. Look at their eyes. Look at their eyes. And. <laughs> Oh, uh, it kind of makes me think of the South Park episode with the serial killer. Do you see? Do you see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Uh, and she says that it's so easy to make a victim. Uh, and you go through states and you start to see things that aren't there. Uh, like the woman that Anna had rescued saw bugs on her. Like there's she, cockroaches. She, yeah, she thought there's cockroaches crawling all over her. And she said, your friend Lucy, what did she see? You know, Nana says she she saw another one of your all's victims. And then Mademoiselle says that martyrs are much more rare. They survive through the pain and they transcend themselves. Uh, 
And she said that the people that they've found most likely to achieve martyrdom are young women. And she says, I'm sorry, my dear, but that's how it is. And then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Because you know what? Anna's a young woman. She is. And she's already there. So why the fuck not? Yeah. And that like, what's also really creepy, like I didn't write down the whole speech, obviously, because we had... It was going fast, and we were going through a couple languages to get through it. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, she talked about how they've tried it all kinds of different ways. Clearly, they've tried different methods because out of all of the victims we've seen of theirs so far, they've all had different things happening to them. You know, the one girl had her mouth sewn shots. Um, the other woman had the thing over her head. We don't know fully what happened to Lucy, but... And she, uh, yeah, you don't... Yeah. Yeah, you don't get that. And she said, you know, we've tried children. We tried everybody so it's well clearly because yeah they had lucy who was a child at the time yeah um and and all of these photos she's going through they're all not necessarily at the hands of her organization no it's all just like ran i think that these are all so these are all past martyrs they you can tell that they're because they're still alive but it's the look that they're giving like their face you can tell that they're she they're seeing beyond like what's beyond And I will say this, and this is part of what I think is important to note about this movie, is they all had something different. They all had a different backstory. Yeah, it wasn't always necessary. Yeah, like some of them were people that like were, you know, um, tortured by legal means because they broke some sort of law that might not necessarily be a good law, like sleeping with the wrong person or whatever some of them were people that were in car accidents some of them were people that were in terminal stages of cancer like so and that's where my quote that i chose from the beginning about martyrdom isn't necessarily a religious invention but clearly this group is religious yeah and they're claiming how all of these people were atheists pretty much yeah not all of them but most of them were like they did not believe in god prior to that yeah so This is where, I guess this is where I'll kind of talk about my thoughts on this movie. Um, There is such an expectation from some people that if you go through something, that it needs to be meaningful. That you come out a stronger person for it that you have a story you have to tell the world that you're you're a symbol you know if you survive through something have you seen the greater purpose of your life what are you going to do to make things more meaningful what are you going to do to make the world a better place now that you've seen you know the far end of what human beings have to go through and you know people dying like a lot of people want to associate meanings to their death to try and make it more important than just like you know the world sometimes sucking yeah and when we wrap that up inside of a story about two women who experienced abuse at a young age and had to grow up living with that i think it it comes down to very much a story of human beings being so willing to be cruel to one another, but 
expecting the people that are at the brunt of that cruelty to be graceful and rise above it and make it more meaningful for the people watching. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I, I've heard through my life, like, oh, well, you've been through this, you've been through that, it made you stronger. Look at you, look at where you are now, you're stronger for it. And I fucking hate that. Yeah. If I'm strong now, imagine how strong I would have been if I didn't have to be that much stronger when I was younger. You know what I mean? Don't tell me that I need to value my life more than you just because I had some fucked up shit happen to me. I should value my life because it's my life and I matter regardless of this thing that happened to me. Yeah, it doesn't define you. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't make you different. It's just a thing that you've had to have yeah experience yeah i mean yeah. it does have an effect but it doesn't like yeah it doesn't it shouldn't change people's how they expect you to behave and that was a big part of lucy's story is that she was suffering and people weren't necessarily believing what she went through and they just wanted her to get better, to be stronger, to move past it. And she never really felt like anybody believed what she truly went through. They just wanted to see an outcome without caring about her. Yeah, and I they, I think that they believed what she went through because they had, like, the evidence of that. But it's mostly, like, the vision that she saw. Yeah. Like, she's always... Like, there's always somebody attacking her, and to her, that's real. Yeah. And she, you know, Anna, like, she indulges her and, like, you know, plays along and pretends like she, like, believes it. But um, I think, in, in like, as a result, she kind of has her doubts about other things, too. Like, you know, whether that family really was the people that did that to her, you know? Like, it kind of, yeah. it shapes the way that she thinks, like, if she can, like, believe her. Yeah. So I just... And this is what makes me so mad about this whole group is that they inflict this pointless suffering, hoping to get the results that they want to have. Yeah. And then it's so easy to hate them. And I don't understand like why they think that they can like create something like that because a lot of that stuff, like it was natural. Like none of that stuff was brought onto them. Like it wasn't manufactured. They're trying to manufacture this state. Yeah. These people. Like, and clearly, like, it's been going on for decades and it's been getting them nowhere. They haven't produced, I think they said they produced one. Um, they've pr- they've produced like two martyrs. Anna is the fourth in 17 years. Fourth, but yeah. none of them have been able to communicate what they see. Yeah. So, and really, how are, like, how are they getting that from just a face? You know, like, it's just the way that somebody's looking, but they see something in that face that. Tells them that this person is seeing beyond, like, what is after life, like, after death. Yeah. So. So she gets dragged. She wakes up chained to the chair. She has, we go through a couple cycles of her being fed gross mush and her spitting it out, them slapping her for it. A man comes in, unchains her, beats her. They cut her hair. And they go through this a couple of times. She gets an aggressive sponge bath at one point. Like, it was like me with the kitty wipes with Zoe yesterday. Yeah, does it, Zoe was like, we just watched this. Why are you doing this to me? Um, she 
thinks about conversations that she had with Lucy, one in particular where Lucy was, you know, basically talking about, like, how do you deal with the pain? You know, Lucy saying, like, I know you have pain, but you seem to handle it so much better than me. And she said, uh, I just kind of let go of myself to stop being afraid. I took this as her, like, as Lucy is her hallucination. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was, like, a hallucination or her just thinking back and, like, how is she going to get through this? But she's actually talking back. Like, she's <sighs> speaking. She's not, like, having this conversation in her head. <laughs> we don't see Lucy, but, you know. I'm a person that talks to myself frequently. Do you have conversations with other people? Sometimes. Out loud? Yeah. Not like, not in a way that like, like I'm this? hearing them, but like, yeah, like I'll think about like conversations I've had and kind of like replay them and say my part out loud. Yeah. But do you like, do you have full, this is a full conversation. This isn't just saying a, like, <laughs> like answering. Listen, we need to not psychoanalyze right now. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. It's not unheard of. Well, this is that was just my interpretation of this. I thought that, that I think this was included to show Anna making that decision to move beyond herself to get through the pain and the fear that she's feeling. Yeah, because Anna or uh, Lucy says you're not afraid anymore. Yeah, and then that's whenever we get that mark, like you see that change and like yeah. how she's reacting to everything yeah she stops fighting them every stage and then um this blonde woman comes in and tells her that they've got one more stage and she won't have to fight anymore they put her on a nightmare operating table where they flip it over and you hear some cutting sounds and her face is like she's pushing up against the restraint and this is where i noticed the special effects stuff mm. because she's like got a broken nose and black eyes and her face is all swollen her eyes are practically swollen shut and you can see the scar wax is like crinkling up on her forehead oh, when really? she's moving. yeah i didn't see that yeah so i like i was just very like i mean that's how scar wax is it's a bitch and a half to work with so like well, they were bugged head yeah so. so and again that's one of those things that like if you're not a special effects nerd, like if like you're me. not, yeah, like if you're not <laughs> looking at it, like you're not gonna notice that kind of stuff. You're just gonna be like, wow, her face looks fucked up. Yeah. And they don't linger on this at all. Like you don't actually see anything that's happening on this until it's completely done, where she gets chained up by her hands and she ain't got no skin. She's got skin everywhere. No, she's all of her skin is off except for her face. Her yes. face still has skin. Yeah, so the man goes up. The man that did this goes upstairs. He showers in their little locker yeah, room esque area. These people have moved into this house. Yeah. They're like, this is a pretty nice place. We're gonna stay here. Um, the woman like is mixing up some mush to go feed Anna, and as the guy's about to leave, he hears a scream, and the woman comes up and she's like, "Her face, her face, call Mademoiselle." <laughs> So Mademoiselle comes and she goes down to talk to Anna, who is now in a fish tank. Um, she's now a fish. She's a fish. That's, <laughs> that's what we mean by transcension. She she is now a fish. Yeah. Um, and Mademoiselle asks her what she saw. Did she see what happens after death? And uh, Anna says to her, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like <laughs> she like leans in to like get the whisper and it's like 
Well, I guess it would be nice <laughs> if I could touch your body. <laughs> By the way, we I, we I was singing this to Talia before we even watched the movie. So Travis has been torturing our pets this weekend, specifically Talia. Talia can no longer hear George Michael without having her own like stare into the. She's about to transcend moment. herself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she, you know, and I remembered this differently. I remembered Anna being like, fuck you. I'm not going to tell you. But she does tell her. And I know why I misremember this. But OK, so Madame as well. Madame. Madame as well. <laughs> she uh, so dozens are arriving to the house and they're all dressed up in. Uh, what is his name? Etienne. He. Is talking about how Anna is the fourth that they've that has achieved martyrdom in seventeen years, and she's the first to actually tell of her experience. She was in the state for over two hours. Uh, she shared with Mademoiselle and Mademoiselle alone what awaits beyond death, and now she is no longer communicating. Dear God, like now that she's martyred, can you just like mercy kill her? Yeah, right. Like just like she's in a tub, like just. Boop. Yeah, <laughs> like just, <laughs> just shove her head just yeah. slowly down. She doesn't even care about pain anymore. She's not going to mind being suffocated. Yeah. Uh, what was really cool, though, before that, we actually, like, there's this zoom in into her eye, and you get to see what she's seeing, and she's she's seeing the light, basically. Yeah. It was a really well-done shot, I thought. So at the end, that goes up to get Mademoiselle. He goes up to get her. And, you know, he's like, they're waiting for you. Was her description clear and precise? And she looks like me on an average weekend night coming home, like just ripping off the fake lashes. I love doing that in front of you because you hate eyeballs. It's stuff. uncomfortable. I love ripping off my lashes and taking out my contacts in front of you because you hate I it always. Like it. <laughs> I, I, I was not a fan of this scene. I appreciate that she's going through all of, like she's going through her skincare routine before her final sleep. Like that's Yeah, it's, uh, I don't understand why she's putting in all the stuff for when it's about to not matter. So basically, he's asking, uh, was it very clear? She's like, yes. And she says, can you picture what's beyond death? And he's like, bitch, no. That's what our whole cult is here for, (laughs) to find out. And she says, keep doubting. (laughs) And boom, shoots herself. Mm -hmm. And And then we get a shot of anna down there in the fish tank and it's just like a like a slow zoom in on her and then boom we get credits and the credits are so simple and so effectively creepy because it is just it there's it's absolutely silent yeah no music and we see footage from when anna and lucy were young girls and seeing their friendship yeah it's like a classic like film just yeah. like played there yeah it, it's really eerie we were sitting there in the dark last yeah, night we watched the whole credits it was just yeah yeah it's eerie but and it's a very strong ending and that's the ending of the movie um so after having talked about it and processing everything how do you feel after the fact i am gonna keep my rating the same okay 7.5. Uh, I feel like... I still feel like some parts of it were too drawn out. I feel like we could have cut down a little bit on the the torture scene. At the end? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I, I appreciate that we didn't watch her get um, peeled. Like, yeah. I, I like that we didn't have to go through that. And I know that was probably a budgetary thing, but like, yeah, I think it, it works well in the in the film's favor. But I feel like we didn't need to see quite so many cycles of her going through it. We could have had a very quick, like, 20 second montage. Yeah, but I don't know if the intention was to also try and wear you down. You know, like the like she's being worn down. Maybe like you're just like it's basically just scenes of that happening, and then like a slow fade fade to black, and then you just get repeat scenes of the same thing over and over again. I feel like it's wearing us down. That way, we're just used to it to the point that she is too. I don't know. That might not have been the goal there, but that's how I took it. Yeah, I yeah. So I like I said I. I think it has a lot to say, a lot more to say than typically comes up in conversation about it, because I do think people focus a lot on the, the physical aspect of it. Yeah. So I, I think seven and a half is still, it still feels right to me for what this movie is. And this is one of those that I am rating it based on how good a movie it is and not how it makes me feel watching <laughs> it, because I... It doesn't make you feel good. This does not spark joy. It does not. I'm going to keep mine at a 7, too. Okay. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, talking about it doesn't necessarily make me feel any better. But like I said before, that first half of the movie is really fucking good. Yeah. I think I would have liked it more if it would have kept with that. Like, it's it moves very fast at the beginning, and a lot happens. And then after that, nothing happens for a long time, really. It's very yeah. slow. It slows down. Just like a big change, like a shift in pace. But I don't, you know, it's not a bad thing. Um, it's nice having like a movie, like a. Yeah, this movie falls, I guess, in the torture porn category, but, you know, it's nice having one with substance. So yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm giving it credit for that. Seven. It's a good movie. Uh, Talia was very active during this movie. Part of that is because she was being very protective of your toys because of you, Travis. What? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Because they she were all singing George you, Michael. Yeah. She didn't want you touching any of her toys, um, <laughs> especially since the theme of this movie is about whether or not you have faith. Um, That's true. <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't even notice. So I think uh, Taya probably, she will give her the average score of ours. So 7.25. Yeah. She, she didn't hate it. I don't think so. And Zoe watched the second half of the movie with us. She came in um, right before the the cult people showed up. She missed the good parts. She's no, she was she was there before before Anna gets chained up. The best part of this movie is whenever they answer the door and she blows them away with a shotgun. Yeah, I love that. Was that was very early. It's on, so good. Yeah, it's so early, but it's so good. So well done. Just immediately launches you into it. Um, okay, so having said that, I have our internet review. So, um, I went with um, some critic reviews for this one. I went negative for it. And then I got two sense. of them here because one of them is just so weird <laughs> that I just want us to like discuss it. Okay. So the first one, uh, it's... Um, is this the weird one? Or no, the first one's the okay, normal the serious one. one. Yeah, um... Lucia's score of E-Splatter says, Martyrs is initially shocking and strong, but eventually falls apart once we are informed about what the hell is going on. I mean, I think that kind of lines up with what 
we're saying because yeah. we both found the more engaging part of the movie to be that beginning part with Lucy and Anna and their story and all like their different ways of coping with whatever the hell they've been through. Yeah, I I do agree with that. It's not a bad movie. It doesn't fall apart, but it, yeah. it becomes weaker, I think. It's just tedious to get to that conclusion at the end. Yeah. And then we have Peter Whittle of Times UK says, uh, the air of pretentiousness and the whiff of lesbian cheek suggests that the bunch of nihilists who produce this garbage will claim something for it. All it really demonstrates is that there is something seriously rotten in the state of France. Cool. So that review feels both racist and homophobic. Yeah, exactly. That's why I thought it was so weird. I was like, what the fuck did you... Like, the lesbianism part of it is such a minor thing in this yeah, movie. Yeah, and it's also not a whiff of lesbianism. Like, yeah. It's very overtly, like, they're lovers. Yeah, like, he's like, oh my god, this movie's gay. Oh, <laughs> no, bad movie, bad movie. <laughs> and then he goes, well, they are French, right? Yeah, like- oh, fuck those guys. Yeah, so I just, uh, I read that, and it's like from an actual critic. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? Like, <laughs> fuck that guy. So, yeah. That's, cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's how other people think cool. about this. Cool. All right, now I have a couple of listener reviews. Okay. On Instagram, we have The Crypt Daddy says, easily one of the most brutal horror movies out there. Um, I, and I'm going to say, like, I know that we had our whole discussion about like talking about how brutal this movie is at the beginning. Um, I do think it is still brutal, but like not just like physically brutal. Like it's um, emotionally brutal. Yeah, yeah. It wears you down yeah. in all aspects. And then we have M Storm says it's a bit overrated, but it's still a solid film with one thing you remember. I'm thinking the thing that you remember is the skinned person. Probably. That would be what I would think. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. Like, you know, we both gave it a good rating. I, I don't think either of us is ever going to say it's the best movie we've ever seen. No, and, you know, it might be a tad bit overrated because, I mean, it does have that, like, it's it's probably one of the most famous of the French yeah. horror movies, like the new French extreme horror. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, it... I, I don't think it doesn't deserve to be in the front there, but I think that there might be better ones. I think I might actually like High Tension better than this movie. I like this one better than High Tension. I knew you were going to say High really? Tension, and I was about to say, I think High Tension <laughs> is more overrated than this one. Wow. Okay. Well, that's coming up soon. Enough. Yeah. I mean, well, we've got that, you know, like we talked about before, we've got that yeah. one on DVD, so we don't necessarily have to scramble to it before it leaves yeah, Shutter. Exactly. Yeah. All right. On Twitter, we have Stu World Order says, hate, 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 hate. I despise the torture porn era of horror. Grossing me out isn't horror. Okay, look, I've got my opinions on it and I'm not going to hold it against the people that don't want to watch that stuff. I get it. Like it's they're cringe movies and I don't mean cringe, like embarrassing cringe. Like it makes you physically cringe because you're like, and like. You're right. Like, for everybody, that's not going to be an experience you want in a horror movie. Like, I get that perspective on it. I get it, too. And I think it's funny that the director's like, this is not what I wanted to make. Like, I didn't want to gross you out. He literally says that. He's like, I didn't want to do that. I thought I made a very reserved movie. I thought it was just a very depressing movie. It could have been way worse than what it was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's, yeah, worse uh, torture porn Worst pork. Porcher turn is what I was about to say. Porcher turn? 
Yeah, torture porn. There's worse torture porn movies out there. That I'm just picturing you calling porn porn. Porn. We should porn. There's worse ones out there. There's like movies out there like meant to try and make you feel like you're disgusting. This one I don't think does that. Yeah. And then we have Aquile boobs. He says, personally, I didn't care for it. Just felt like it was trying to be overtly shocking, and the plot was kind of meh. It's been a minute since I watched it. Maybe rewatch might improve my opinion. Honestly, like the most dragged out torture scene we have is just her getting punched a lot. Yeah, and the guy beats the shit out of her a lot. He but really yeah, does. You really but, don't yeah. get anything like overly gratuitous with it. Yeah, but again, like I can see why people like you don't want to spend an hour and a half of your life watching that. No, I get it. Yeah, you. Yeah, don't just watch this as like a Friday night, Saturday night movie. Like, hey, I'm going to put on something fun, you know? It's not like that. You got to be in the right mindset for it, right mood. But it's not going to destroy you. Um, And yeah, that's it. That's all I got for the listener reviews. All right. Who did you relate to? Do we want to play that for this one? No. Okay, let's just let's, let's not let's one. not go that. Like this is <laughs> this is a dark movie. Let's not open up those uh, psychological wounds right now. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um. All right. So, dream sequel. <laughs> uh, Anna and Lucy in the afterlife being happy. They're like part of the um the heaven party, and this is the end yeah. with the Backstreet yeah. Boys. Exactly, yeah. that's what I want. They they get the ending that they deserve. Yes. Okay. Next week. Next week we are actually going to have a guest. Joe from Flyover State of Fear is going to be talking with us and we will be on his show in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh but we let him pick the movie as per usual. And uh he chose goosebumps. So yeah. we're we're getting a change of pace. We're going the complete opposite direction after talking martyrs. We're going goosebumps, talking Jack Black. It's going to be a first watch for me and Jesse both. So yeah, I don't. We don't know how we feel about it yet. So I don't know. Hulu pre- it's on Hulu Premium, YouTube TV Premium, Sling TV Premium, Fubo TV. You can rent it from Vudu Prime, YouTube, or Google Play. Or apparently, it plays on ABC and Freeform a lot. So <laughs> does it mention that? Yeah. Okay. It, it used to be on Netflix, didn't it? Uh yeah, it did actually. Uh, Netflix so. ain't got shit anymore. Yes, it does. Just we've seen it all. Just, nothing that we watch is what I mean. Like yeah. nothing for the podcast that we watch. Yeah. Like we literally watched Final Destination Five on it, but holy shit! What? I think this has wallows. It does. It has wallows oh! in it. Yeah. Okay. He's like a. He's second bill next to Jack Black. All right. Thank you. We're getting Wallows on here. Sweet. Cool. Right, cool. We got Wallows to talk about. Um, I already plugged our social media, but of course, I'm going to ask everybody, rate, review, and subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. That way you know when a new episode pops up, especially, like, I don't know how it is on other listening services, but when I listen to all my podcasts through Spotify, and if you're subscribed to it, like, it'll pop up on your a little timeline like new podcast episodes like. on um on apple if you do it it actually like will give you like a badge like a reminder like bing by the oh, way yeah. this episode came out today so pretty yeah. cool yeah um and you should be able to like give us a star rating on spotify i don't know how it differs between the mobile and desktop app you can't do it on desktop you have to do it on mobile <sighs> that's what i thought yeah. so i'm trying to remember how i do it with the podcast i listen to um 
But yeah, like do that. It helps the algorithms and internet and technology, whatever. I don't know. It, it makes other people see us. Um, and a review is always just like an extra step. I know like on Amazon, if I see a star rating, but I don't see any written reviews with it, I'm kind of like, meh. Yeah. Like, what is that? What do you mean? What do you like about it? What do you dislike about it? So written review really helps, but only if you write good things. Yeah. And we'll read them on yeah. here, good or bad. So, but we'll yeah. be more favorable towards the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, yeah. And also, like, if you want to chit chat with us, you can hit us up on any of our social media or you can email us at leastfavoritescarymovie at gmail.com. Yeah. And give us movie suggestions, too. So, yeah. yeah. We, we've We've watched them. We have, and we've covered them on the podcast before. So if you got anything, let us know because, yeah, I mean, we're way open to that. Yeah, and if you're listening to this on day of release, tomorrow is a new month. And that means that we will have our April schedule out. Yeah. So check our social media for that. It will not be an April Fool's Day prank because, honestly, like, we put a lot of effort into making our movie board look cool and i don't have the energy to do it twice for <laughs> prank board and our yeah. actual schedule so yeah, i'm not doing that either so that's <laughs> it all right we will see you guys next week all right bye, bye. Because we believe every horror movie. God damn it. Just go. go. Because we believe every.